Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I am joined by my brother. Say hi. Hi. It's me, the Ant-Man, host of the BitCast, here on Podcast One. Yeah, I finally got Scott Lang to join me. <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing the Creepypasta episodes in October. I kind of wanted to try that again, but I thought, you know what, let's put our money where our mouth is and actually read our own old writing so that we're not doing anything to other writers that we wouldn't do to ourselves. Right, right. Now, I know that you used to write a lot of stories for a website called Lemmy's Land, but my fanfiction career was much, much shorter. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of time writing to the point where now I have my own original fiction ideas. I think that's just the natural course of action that a lot of content creators take. They start out like the Let's Destroy the Metal Gear comics by Hi, I Am Daisy or whatever. She used to be known for that. Now she has her own original comic. I, I, actually, I don't know if she still does that. but Was that the one with the really silly Metal Gear Solid 3? Yeah, she did a Solid 3 one at least somewhere. But, I remember those. Those were hilarious. I should really catch up on her work. Yeah. But anyway, I was looking around for things to read to show off to Anthony, and then I remembered he wrote fan fictions, and then I thought, I said to him, hey, I'm not saying we should do this on the show, but I remembered you wrote old fan fictions, and you were like, let's do it. <laughs> I was like, that sucks. Yes, let's do it. And then I thought, again, money where my mouth is, I'm going to find one of my old ones too. But the weird thing is, I'm really optimistic and lenient about my old writing, where I'll think something sucks, but I'll think, well, th there was still this part I kind of like about it. So I had to find something that was kind of suckish and a product of its time it had to be bad in the right way without enough redeeming qualities and i eventually did find something what's it like to have such a large pool of embarrassing fan fiction that you need to find the one that <laughs> sucks in just the right way i'd say it's a wednesday night for me oh <laughs> mine's a little bit longer so we're gonna start with the one that he wrote it's been many years since i've even seen these Oh, no. Yes. Oh, this is the Trauma Center one, right? Yes, so probably the only time we might talk about Trauma Center on this show is the time my brother wrote a weird Trauma Center fanfic. Alright, so just off the top of your head, name a TV doctor drama. Uh, Scrubs? No, that's not a drama. That's a comedy. It's a dramedy. Okay, but I'm thinking like a... I can't think of one. ER? ER, okay. Grey's Anatomy? Gra that's House? The, that's the one I meant. Grey's Anatomy. Think about a way, way, way dra more dramatic version of Grey's Anatomy, like, to the point where it's unwatchable. This is what this is, but in text. <laughs> Alright, let's read the tags on this real quick. Rated Fiction T, Humor Slash Romance. My first FF, Derek overhears some insults, and that starts the story. Yeah, The Secret That Everyone Knew by my brother. One, okay. Written in 2007. And completely bolded. Yes, completely in boldface. Some people still do that. It can work. I'm not really into that. But eh. Oh, this is based on the Wii version, not the DS. Yeah, it's based off second opinion for all the two people who listen to this who also have played Trauma Center. <laughs> One day, while Dr. Stiles was in surgery dealing with guilt, which is, uh, the, that's the disease in the game that manifests as little alien monsters, isn't yeah, it? You're on the front edge of preventing this terrible contagion that has different strains, but they're all collectively known as guilt. Mm. But that first sentence already, like... <laughs> he was in surgery dealing with guilt. Like, he can't believe that he did that one thing. He just overcome with guilt. Well, th there was that time his cat died, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I remember bits about this game. Mainly because I watched Game Grumps, but... <laughs> before I didn't watch them anymore. So, he was in surgery with guilt. He overheard Victor 
Yeah, you know, Victor. Yeah, because everyone knows who Victor is. That doesn't need any context or anything. Well, see, that's a weird thing about fan fiction, and, and we're just stalling forever now. The weird thing about fan fiction is it, it's written with the expectation that you know who all the characters are. We're not even past the first line, and this is already a train wreck. Technically, you should do a little bit to establish who these characters are, but again, it's in a weird gray area, because why would you read a trauma center fic and not know who they are? Alright, 2007? I was 11 when I wrote this, and I'm 23 now. Oh wow, that was like 12 years ago. Yeah. He overheard Victor talking to Dr. Hoffman. I can't believe Angie fell for that horrible piece of work, said Victor. Derek was angry, but he had to deal with Victor. Yeah, and I also heard he likes her back. He must really have good taste in women. The narration got interrupted by Dr. Hoffman talking back to Victor. Was that... I don't... It seemed like a good idea at the time, just... I'm not one for exposition, you know. Get to the action. Yeah, I know. I mean, he was already dealing with guilt when this started. Yeah, like, one day... While he was dealing with guilt, it's like, bam, here like we go. Like, he's already in the middle of this Black Plague-level contagion. Anthony, he idles at 75%. <sighs> gotcha. Alright. So Victor and Dr. Hoffman laughed and talked about this for 56 minutes. That's so specific. Well, did you go on to write Sonic EXE after this? How'd you know? That's my secret. <laughs> okay, Derek could handle Victor insulting him, but not the chief of medicine. Derek was handling Deftera at the time. Deftera. That's one of the strains of guilt. I, I, I figured. Yeah. And accidentally sucked up all the patient's stomach acids. That's not healthy. Well, no, that's probably why it was an accident. How so, do you accidentally suck up that much fluid? Because you're so busy thinking about the chief of medicine. Well, I mean, he did have 56 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Derek could handle Victor insulting. Oh, no. I lost my place. So they had to close him up for the time being. Perry Cox would have to recover the stomach acid all by himself. Oh, yeah. So I just ripped that right out of Scrubs. Okay, but I you were there when I played it. We did find a lot of strange coincidences of uh, nameless random patients sharing names with some of the characters or actors from Scrubs. Yeah, I think that was actually intentional. By the localization team or something? Possibly. And with uh, maybe some from, like, ER, too. I don't know. Later, Victor was busy in the lab, reminiscing of how much he hated Derek. What is this guy's life? Like, what is his damage? Well, first, not only that, he's just, he's reminiscing about how much he hates Derek. He's just, oh man, remember that time I hated Derek? Oh man. Just remember all the different ways he's hated Derek over looking, the years. Looking back on this, he's gotta be, have a secret crush on him. Like, there's something very sundry about this. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. It is, and I'm a, I'm a little worried that you just did that. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Little did he know, Derek was very close to trying to hurt Victor very badly. See, I'm 11, so I don't want to like go into gruesome details. I'm very Greek with my entertainment. <laughs> Victor told Derek to get lost. That'll stop him. It, it sounds like he was trying to like murder him or something. He's like, hey, I know you got a gun pointed in my face, but get lost. Well, you say that, and the next line of dialogue is, ah... I can't kill Victor with my trusty scalpel. He invented the nanomachine and Savato serums. I hate to admit it to myself, but he actually helped with the guilt, which is now not in all caps. I guess it's off to Dr. Hoffman. So now he's gonna go try to murder someone else. Well, it, this is a weird show of maturity, where first he had the lapse in judgment of wanting to kill Victor, but then he realizes, well, no, Victor... Victor's... Like, he's saving lives! <laughs> yeah. So... Like, serums that are completely changing the face of modern medicine. It's just weird that, like, you had this level of insight that you think, you know, no, no, Derek, he would take the high road after all. I mean, forget the fact that he's already mapped out how he's going to murder this man with a scalpel. His trusty scalpel. His trusty... You gotta throw those things away. Like, you can't use the same one. How is it trusty? Well, he trusts it to kill Victor. Got me there. Dang. But, you know, he's not that mature. He's still going to kill Dr. Hoffman, at least. 
Yes, a helpless old man. Dr. Hoffman was in his office looking out the ridiculously large window. So th this requires us to remember what his office looks like. I like the next little bit right here. Talking on his outrageously <laughs> tiny cell phone. I don't know why that's funny to me. Exactly. That's the best part. <laughs> it's outrageously <laughs> tiny cell phone. Like, compared to his ridiculously large window. Well, see, I was thinking about something from, like, Zoolander. You is, know, it fits, like, between two fingers. What is this, a cell phone for ants? Basically, yeah. Well, it was written by Ant-Man. Huh? You know me, Dr. Styles. I like my windows large and my phones tiny. Derek was about to make the killing strike when... I know he's the golden surgeon. That's why we need him. He makes lots of money for whoever he works for. Derek had to admit, this is true. Cut straight through the modern healthcare crisis. <laughs> Derek had to admit that was true, so he left the room. Besides, he's chief of medicine. See, he had another lapse of maturity. Yes, I do know Derek's the worst surgeon. He needs to be gone. That is why I want your surgeon, Chris Turk. See, so he was actually talking about Turk. He, but, like, Derek misheard him. That, that, that's a little bit more complex than you would usually get from an 11-year-old writer. Yeah, but I was ahead of my time. Yeah, But it's also really conceited of Derek. He just assumes Hoffman's talking about him right away. Yeah, like, what a big-headed jerk. No wonder they made fun of him. For <laughs> yeah. 56 minutes. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's also kind of crazy. He'll just kill people for making fun of him. No wonder. Slash, slash. Laterer. Derek was in his office when he heard over the intercom. Would Derek Stiles please come to the chief of medicine's office, please? Would Derek Stiles please come to the chief of medicine's office? Now. I mean it. Come now, or we will personally send bad people to your house, burn down your crops, steal your breath, devour your computer, and drag you back to the gates of the underworld from whence you came, eternally punished by clipping our thick yellow toenails, and brush our black and gray teeth. Mwa ha 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 also, also, he's he's totally, he sounds like a school like vice principal or something. Our thick yellow toenails, like what? That got it's like weirdly would, specific. Would Derek, please come to the principal's office. As Derek ran like nobody's business to the office, please stop the intercom. Stop the intercom. <laughs> he passed by Angie's office. Oh, the nurse. Yeah, his, his sidekick. The female lead of the game. So I'm just gonna assume I meant the nurse's station. I, I guess so. I don't, I don't remember what the hospital was like. Oh, I wish Derek would just come here, kiss me, and whisk me away to a wonderland where we could express our love to each other in a way that we would not be made fun of, thought Angie. Well, I mean, that's a valid concern. I mean, yeah, you, you do have a crush on a unhin unhinged psychopath. Yeah, one that will murder based solely on... Just shy of an hour of constant ridicule. Three used scalpels. Ugh. Then all of a sudden, Derek came in and French kissed Angie. Wow. Oh, this is this is a little TV thirteen here. Yeah, that's why it's rated T. <laughs> I, I like how French is capitalized. Well, it's not just a kiss; it's a French kiss. But that was probably the uh, word processor. Going back and fixing that? No, who has time? We got to get to the action. It's all got to be in bold. All of it. During which Derek handed her a once-in-a-lifetime pass to the secret lover's room at their local Best Western. How convenient! Angie's dreams had come true. Wow, this guy's hot and he's frugal. <laughs> yeah. this, this, when, I, when I read this the other night, just to make sure that we could actually read this, I thought, it was like, is, is this a sponsored fanfiction? Did, Be did Best Western like email you once? <laughs> Also, just this this entire thing just came out of nowhere. Derek has at no point been established. Yeah, he doesn't know that, I think, at this point. Oh, yeah. They're super into each other. But I guess for some reason she doesn't think he likes her? I think you just wanted to do, like, stereotypical love story dynamics. Yeah, that makes more sense. 
with a best western. Of course. Why best no, western? Because it's best. <laughs> well, it's right there in the name. I can't argue with that. Later, rurer. So he has this thing with his narration where it's later, laterer, and laterer. The reviews really tore you apart for that one in particular. <laughs> yeah, that like, was pretty bad. They all hated the later, laterer stuff, and uh, you know it, it's not great, but I feel like it, it's pretty harmless compared to no all the <laughs> all the other things you could critique about this story. I mean, I didn't take it that hard. I mean, shoot, I was eleven. Yeah, your illustrious fanfiction career was ruined. Oh, I just remembered that I tried to write, like, a D&D one. Oh, yeah, that's that's actually still up, but uh, I'm not really interested in looking at that. Hey, me either. When Derek got to Dr. Hoffman's office, Victor and, of course, Dr. Hoffman were there. Dr. Hoffman's in Dr. Hoffman's office? No way. Then all of a sudden, Victor spoke. I know you were in my lab. When you left, I took a flashlight, put it to the ground, and I saw your boot footprints. Why is he wearing boots? Also, why is why is he just randomly looking the floor for footprints? Victor, of course Victor knew he was there. He spoke to him. Also, the walls told me that... What? what? <laughs> the walls told me that you were trying to kill me with your trusty scalpel. Uh, that's actually supposed to be rusty scalpel. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who carries a flashlight and looks at footprints? And since when do the walls speak? Exclaimed Derek. Okay. That's the most common sense he's had so far. Uh, yeah, yeah, at least not balanced out by murderous tendencies. Well, forget the fact. Okay, I just realized why does a surgeon have murderous tendencies? Second, uh, ignore. You just realized that this is out of character for Derek. Well, like, <laughs> ignore all the years he's put in. Uh, the hip- hold on one second. Let me try to like the Hippocratic oath. Yeah, I mean the most common sense he's had so far, barring. The past several years of incredible medical work, saving people's lives and whatnot. Also, uh, you you didn't start new paragraphs every time a new person speaks. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Our mom didn't know that was a thing for a while. Uh, let's see. Since when did the wall speak? Yeah, yeah, Derek had a moment of lucidity. He realized how weird the story was. Also... Oh yeah, this is Hoffman now, I think. Also, I knew you were in this room. You probably thought that you were the golden surgeon? What a joke! I was talking to a friend of mine, Bob Kelso, and asking if I could have his surgeon, Christopher Turk. They never call him Christopher on the show, just Chris or Turk. There's a couple Christophers. Or Turkleton. He declined because Chris declined to operate on Perry Cox, who already works at Sacred Heart. And there was no better punishment than... Oh, that's that's the wrong then, Anthony. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you just got to rewrite this whole story. I'd better. And there was no better punishment than making him stay there. Also, there was a fellow there named John Dorian who refuses to let him go. He literally handcuffed himself to Turk. They were like that for two days straight. Don't ask any questions about that. Okay, I'll be honest, that's probably my favorite thing about this story. It's just <laughs> that, that visual of JD handcuffing oh. himself to Turk so he won't leave. <laughs> Okay, so the zero zero that was at the end of the uh, intercom was supposed to be an asterisk that linked down to here. And it says zero zero. Were what Victor and Derek thought. Then that night, Angie and Derek had dinner at Best Western and then got married, had children, finally decided to kill Dr. Victor and Hoffman. <laughs> the end. The story's, uh, it goes up and down. It's a crime drama now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm left with the implication that they both killed Victor and Dr. Hoffman, if not included their kids in the in the act. A real Bonnie and Clyde type of situation. I'm just remembering that one Simpsons episode where Sideshow Bob finally had a family of his own, and in the end, the family decided they would all try to kill Bart. So that that's just what I'm thinking of, like, like Derek raising his children, because he has more than one, I guess. And, and like... A, training them to assassinate Victor and Dr. Hoffman in spite of the medical things they perform for the good of the people. Yeah, it's like 40 years later, Derek's old, missing an eye, and his kids have like been these Bruce Lee types. They're just <laughs> trained up to the point of peak whatever. I, I gotta say, you, you kind of you kinda broke away from Scrubs canon a little bit here. I almost... With, 
with the fact that at the end of the series, JD is the one who left, and and like, he willingly left Turk and everyone behind. Mm-hmm. I almost set myself up for a sequel. You almost did? Yeah, but I kind of shut the door on that with the finally killed Victor and Dr. Hoffman. It's like, well, we, we can see your thought process throughout the story. <laughs> what, what, would have, what would the sequel have been, Anthony? Well, if I were to write it today, <laughs> it would be the whole training up his kids. <laughs> Maybe some backstory on what went wrong that caused Derek to snap or something like that. What was that 56 minutes of ridicule? Yeah, and, like, something about, uh, Angie being the... Like, she knows she's in love with a monster, but she just (laughs) loves him so much. Like, it's a real internal struggle now. Like, I couldn't, but I would do a better one. Uh, Don't forget the the scene break where the characters just talk about how much they like Best Western. They, They just do an ad read, like, all the guys telling you to play raid and get the dollar shave and all that stuff it's like subtle but not at all yeah it's like you can tell that they're just reading a script like like my favorite thing about being at best western hotels is or they're looking at each other hey i think that we should stay at looks at camera best western (laughs) good idea derek by the way your new dollar shave club thing came in oh thank goodness it's so much better than harry's now I won't have my beard get in the way while I'm playing Raid on my phone. And if you're losing too much hair, use Keeps. And if I'm losing too much hair, it must be because I'm stressed out because people are hacking into my security. I should get NordVPN! At least you'll be comfortable using the internet in your me undies. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm and run- you can brush your teeth with Quip! I, we're, we're running out of, like... Oh yeah, Audible. Squarespace. <laughs> Blue Apron. <laughs> Skillshare, Wix, Quid. I think that's it. Okay, I think I think I think that covers all the bases. Yeah. So now we're gonna read one that I wrote. Oh boy. It's based off a Nintendo DS game that we we kind of around the same time period actually. Uh, you were like eleven or twelve or something. I was thirteen or fourteen. It was called Drawn to Life. Oh. I think. That just kind of brought something back. <laughs> it's a baby game that we both well. It was cute. Yeah, you liked it. I really liked it. I was I was really into it for a while. Uh, then I just kind of forgot about it for several years until just the other day. I really liked the song at the end, appropriately titled "The End." Yeah, I, I actually kind of want to do an episode about the series now, but that'll be another time. Didn't it basically just turn into scribble nuts? Well, the, the company went on to just do Scribblenauts. Right, right. But, uh, no. Because, like, they all move the same <clears throat> weird, disconnected way. Uh, kind of. So, just for a little bit of extra context, in Drawn to Life, it takes place in a village of little fox critters. Called Raposa. Yeah, and one point late in the game, instead of another Raposa character, you just rescue this random human... And he's just a joke character until the next game when they actually give him some relevance. But apart from that, I, I decided to write my headcanon about how he came into the world. Oh, no. Which was very, very disproven once the sequel came out. I bet you were crushed. Like I remember someone left a comment on the story that was like, oh, too bad with the sequel. This can't actually be the case. I was like, don't tell me anything. And then later on, I was like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> At one point, one of the villagers says, Oh, Mike, I hear he's a computer stogrammer, whatever that's supposed to be, because they didn't know what a computer programmer was, so that's what I wrote the story title as. So, the computer snowgrammer, which, instead of being on the fanfiction side, I, it was actually on my deviant art, and I just copy-pasted it onto a doc. Deviant art. I think I wrote a couple things for that. One day, at micro-hard computer programming... Really reaching there. <laughs> Like making, that's unique. I don't think I could come up with something that good. Uh, you know, much like you, I was ahead of my time. Mm-hmm. Mike was the last one to leave. The the big boss guy, who I, I want to just imagine as actual big boss now, like, Mike, make sure you lock up the place when you're done. Oh, you're using voices in yours? <laughs> what about mine, huh? Whatever. <laughs> Why am I always the last guy to leave? Because you have no friends. I have, shut up or I reduce your paycheck. 
That's so clinical. I'll reduce your paycheck. <laughs> you did that already. Oh, really? Well, for that attitude, it's getting docked again. Now, good night. The boss guy leaves. Why do I work here again? Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the millennial struggle, am I right? For real. Later, Mike locked up and went home. He how much later? Like, how long does he stay after the boss? Like, is he the closer? Like, he must be. If he's a, okay. He passed an artist drawing in their sketchbook. The artist left to go to the bathroom. Yes, I know why the artist left. Yeah, just leave their sketchbook on the street there. I mean, I mean, I don't think they live in Detroit or anything, but still, I wonder what that guy was up to. You know, I tried to keep the artist as vague as possible, but I guess I still made it a male artist since he said that guy. It's, it's very naive of my past self. Oh, what was he up to? Probably freaking sketching. <laughs> Mike looks at the guy's sketchbook. Sketches of little fox monsters, a gun that shoots snowballs, a rocket, an observatory, and some guy running around with flippers and a helmet. Good one. So these are all references to things in the game. Wow, this guy has a lot of free time. As Mike's leaning over to see it, he drops his wallet onto the sketch pad and it falls through the pad like a puddle. Don't tell me. What the? I'd better get home. I must be seeing things. Wait, is that a city in there? <laughs> Mike reaches into the sketch pad to see if this is all real and gets sucked in. Well, I mean, if you drop your wallet <laughs> and it just vanishes. You decide to go home. Just forget it. Oh, wait, there's a city! <laughs> This is turning into Mario 64. Ah, oh, jeez. The next day... Ow, my head. What happened? Mike finds himself and his wallet... Thank goodness. In some kind of black cage. I'm glad that Wilfred actually just let him keep his wallet. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I caught this guy. Oh, is this his wallet? Yeah, he better, he better take that. I don't want... I'm not a monster. <laughs> what the? Where am I? And then there's a Shadow Walker, which is kind of the, the rank-and-file minion of the game. Like, Sir, where do we place the prisoner without ears? Where? Oh. Because there's a whole running gag in the game that Mike doesn't have ears because he has normal human ears and not big old fox ears. Oh. What? Mike felt his head to see if he still had ears. <laughs> he did. Uh, I have ears. And then Wilfra, the bad guy, he's there. He's like, so he's awake. Hmm. Go put him in the volcano. Well, that's pretty decided. <laughs> Sir, there's no volcano level in this game. Sick joke. What? For reals? That's messed up. There's always got to be a volcano. It's the law. Ice level? The creator's hero already found everyone there. Uh, oh. Oh, I guess we can't go there again. Because, Lord forbid, we actually reuse some of the content in the game. Hmm, don't we have a desert? No, sir. Dang, where can we put him? Rappo City, Windy Hills, or the Rappo Towers. See, I really had to flex so that I knew all the level names. <laughs> Rappo City. Then if he's crushed by a giant monster, he'll be put out of his misery. If. <laughs> if. Giant monster? What? And what misery? I have a low-paying job with a jerk for a boss and no girlfriend, but I'm not miserable. Come to think of it, uh, no, oh, oh, he's saying come to think of it as if he realizes that his life actually does suck. But I'm okay with living. Are you kidding me? Look at your head. No ears. Get beat up in high school much? How can you even hear me? I have ears. Right. So close-minded and bigoted. And, and yet, even though he accuses Mike of not being able to hear him, they're they're capable of having this back and yeah, forth. Yeah, like they've had a been having a conversation, <laughs> but you can't hear me because you don't have ears. Mike's like, "Who are you anyway? I am Wilfra. That's dangerously close to Wilfred. Silence! Take him away." Yes, Daddy said the minion. What the? I'm not your dad, but you created us. But I'm not your father, right? Later, Mike's cage is put on a cart with the cage of a young Rappo boy and a young Rappo girl. What happened to your ears? asked the boy. Nothing. But your ears are missing, said the girl. No, they're right here, see? Mike shows them his left ear, but they can't see it. I should be asking you guys about your ears. What people run around with a giant furry rabbit fox ears anyway? You're a weird Rappo. Everyone has ears like this, silly. 
why do I bother? Mike says. So they're just really stuck on the whole ear thing. Mm-hmm. At this point, a bunch of shadow bats grab ropes on the four corners of the cart and carry it to Rappo City. They each drop cages off at some point. <laughs> this is so dumb. Mike, Mike's dropped off below some kind of cliff. This bites. I bet I'm in a dream or something. Oh, Mike. Yeah, I bet I'm probably asleep in my cubicle after the boss has left. Yep, that's probably what happened. So if I do this, it won't hurt. He punches himself. Like he goes ham. <laughs> like he locks out a tooth or something. <laughs> Give him the old haymaker. Broke my nose. Oh. Ow, that hurt. Wait, that means holy pie. Holy pie. <laughs> I'm actually here, but I don't get it. What's going on? Why on earth would someone even have a magical sketch pad anyway? Who's that black cat Wilfred thing? And who builds a city like this? It's dangerous and built for giants. Ugh. Very observant. <laughs> a Bucky, which is like the Goombas of the game, they walk. It walks by the cage. Hey, you're, you're right. Like the story assumes you know all of these things already. Yeah, because like Drawn to Life is a pretty niche game. Like maybe. 20 people still remember it. So if, if you're reading a fanfic of it, you, you already know. Right. You're either a diehard fan or a service-level knowledge scrub like me. Hey, you. Help. I need your help. Get me out of here. Ibaki just kept walking off a cliff. What? So it's more like a green Koopa. I guess so. Okay. He wasn't smart. Maybe someone else will come. Just a bunch of ellipses. Or not. Maybe there's a way out of here. Sure hmm. waited a while, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. No doors. Maybe I can flip the cage over from inside. Mike tries and fails. Just runs into the side of the cage. <laughs> it just says he tries and fails. I didn't bother to describe how he tried, how he failed. It's just, it just Take my word for it, he's in the cage still. Very succinct. You no, know, we, we, we both like getting to the point. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really dance around the subject. We have stories to tell. Yeah, he tried. Didn't make it, but he tried. <laughs> Mike says, I'm guessing the black goo outside the cage is sticking to the floor now. Just perfect. Oh, I, I guess there's black goo attached to this cage, in case you didn't know. I get lost in some other world. Everyone thinks I don't have ears. And now I'm stuck in a cage. What else is going to happen? Just then, a giant guy on a blimp that looks like Torpedo Ted, version 2, and I mean the blimp, not the guy, comes down and kicks Mike's cage until it breaks. So, there's, there's a bit of required reading for this fanfiction. You have to know who Torpedo Ted is, and you have to know that there's, there's a... There's a first version. <laughs> yes. And there's a guy. <laughs> At this time, I remember in like that old Lemmy's Land stuff you mentioned, I had a recurring joke character that was one of the Torpedo Teds from the lake level in Mario World. Soda Lake? Yeah. And I, I just kept that Torpedo Ted around, even on DeviantArt, a bit. And there was a version 2 of him after some point. And I just assume the readers of this Drawn to Life fanfic will know what I'm talking about when I write it. Like, did you have any followers at the time? I, I think? I don't... I mean... That could be a l nice little nod to your face. I guess, but it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that I'm just expecting the readers to know about all this. Yeah, how presumptuous of you as an author. Yeah. How dare you. And after he destroys Mike's cage, there's giant text that says, Congrats, you've saved Mike? <laughs> I think that's how the game actually phrases it. I think so, too. I remember that. Mike says, hey, why does everyone keep thinking there's a problem with my ears? And also, where am I? I'm sure that's what he says also. Th that might actually be his in-game dialogue. Suddenly, Mike warps away. Hey, what's going on? Mike reappears next to a big gate with the boy from before. Am I back home? The little boy says, hi, I see you still have no ears. Crud. That that's Mike. Yeah. Crud. We were so close to Venom. <laughs> Soon the girl appears. Yay, I'm saved. Hi, guys. Hi. Mike is like, uh, hi. Soon the giant comes back and unlocks the gate and opens it as he shrinks down and goes through. 
We should follow him, said the girl. The two Raposa and Mike go through the gate. They find themselves in a... Venom! (laughs) Don't get too cocky, Mike! Let's see how you handle our new ships. They they find themselves in a village near an older fox girl thing. And uh, this is all written in script format, and the script just assumes you already know her name, so she's just called by name. She's Mary from the game. The main damsel in distress. Well, she's not in distress. Yeah, she's like one of the only ones who's never in distress. She's psychologically under stress. Mary says, hi, what's your name? And what happened to your ears? I might... Wait, there's nothing wrong with my ears. Right. That's a theme I'm noticing. Yeah, it's the rule of threes. We've got to have three of every punchline. Anyway, I'm Mike. Where am I? You're in Rappotown. Oh, great. Are there giants and cliffs here, too? No, you're weird. I think losing your ears made you go crazy. I mean, losing my ears would probably make me go crazy, too. (laughs) You should meet crazy barks sometimes. You two would probably get a long. Can I have a long? (laughs) We'll go to Subway later or something. Just had to get a reference to crazy barks in there somewhere. He was always my favorite of the side characters. Just trying to name drop as many people as you can here, right? I really need the people who read this to know that I played the game. <laughs> you can't just go in with a surface level knowledge of the game. You gotta complete it 100% first. Yeah, th- th- this is a deep cut fan fiction, you guys. You don't even know. Side question, unrelated. Did you 100% <laughs> drawn to life? I don't remember. It was high school when I played it. Boy, that that was a long... Oh, that's the sequel! Yeah, that's the sequel. You're, you just rip, ripped off my shelf. Yeah, you're welcome. Huh? Your hero, new adventure. Okay, I'm sorry. Here you go. <laughs> anyway, you should see my dad. He's the mayor, and he can also figure out about your ears. My dad. I'm okay, dad. You should meet my dad. He's the mayor. That girl ain't right. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Mike says, "Uh uh-huh, maybe this is a dream after all, I think. Mike and the two kids head to Village Hall. From that point on, Mike found a house in the northeastern part of Rappotown and lived there from then on. Wow. There really wasn't much to go back to, spelled it wrong, even if possible. He was still bugged about this lack of ears by most people. Eventually, he just gave up. Once he figured, once they figured out he was human, they asked him about human things on occasion. From that point on, nothing worth noting happened. Well, hey, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> now I know about the the Odyssey of Mike. Oh wait, there's one more. <laughs> Mike never married, however, because he's not a furry. Oh, <laughs> so this is weird. I I had to wait. Finish. <laughs> His sister was, though, but that's another story. The end. <laughs> so, not only, like, I felt compelled to account for Mike's love life, but I did so in such a way that's like, but he's not a furry, though. Because, like. But his sister was. <laughs> like, like, very subtle preaching, non kink shaming. Way ahead of your time. You're right. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of was a little bit of shaming because I was just like, I didn't, I didn't like furries back then. Oh, and he never married because he is not a furry. <laughs> He's not a furry, you guys. Okay, like, like, just, just to be sure, I've, I've grown out of that. I don't care about furries. They can do what they want. But at the time of writing that, as a teenager, I was just like, ugh, furries. Ugh. <laughs> well, now I just turn into the bus driver from Simpsons. Yeah, th- th- that was bad. There's no redeeming quality to that fanfic at all. <laughs> It was eye-opening. Like, uh, you make sure to tell me that nothing of note happened. And the one interesting quality of Mike's life is well-recorded right here. He's not a furry. He is not a furry. If anything is remembered about Mike, he's not a furry. Because that's gross. Apparently. But his sister is, and that's okay. Well... Well, that kind of goes into some of the drawn to life lore. I think I might have drawn to life lore. It's actual. There is there is lore. Like, like did did you ever play the second one? No, I never did. Well, uh, do you mind if I spoil some things for it? I'll do it. 
Turns out the whole world is just a dream Mike is having. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I called that one. Nice call. And the little half-shadow girl, that's... Oh, yeah, I remember her. That's his sister as a repo. Oh, because she's cosplaying? No, 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 she's actually transformed because she's in his dream. Weird. And, and and the whole game is just a dream that he has while he's in a coma in a hospital because he was in a car crash where his parents died and he was in a coma and his sister got her face half scarred. How old is Mike? I don't know. 46? <laughs> yes, apparently. They actually retconned the ending of that game to make it a little less grim and gruesome. Mm-hmm. I like... Okay, whatever. I don't know what to think, but... I think we got time for one more. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna read another one that he wrote. This for... one's about Twilight Princess. Yes, it was written a mere four days after the Trauma Center fic. I was on a roll. <laughs> yeah, I actually helped you write this one. I, I gave you a little bit of dialogue. Yeah, I'm gonna read this one. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. All right. One Kakarican day by me. Yeah. One day in Kakariko Village. Link was busy sharpening his sword when Beth came up and said, Hey, Link! You, um, dropped your Hawkeye! Link gladly accepted his Hawkeye that he bought at Malomart. Hint, hint. So, you did this thing in this story where you... Product placement. Yeah, like, oh boy, I'd better go to Malomart in real life now that I read this fic. Let's go to Malomart, TM. Yeah, let's go to Malabar where we can play Raid on our phones and then check out the best Western. There's just a wall of all their sponsors. Yeah. Hmm. In parentheses. I wonder what is this is actually for. Oh, I think it can read minds, thought Link. So you decided... He, he already owned it. You decided that the Hawkeye, which is like a sniper scope or something, you decided it allows Link to read minds. Yes, and... Beth knows that this is Link's. Link already owned this, but he didn't know it can do it. But upon seeing it for supposedly the first time, that's what he thinks it does. <laughs> yeah, what, was, what was your thought process here? Uh, it looks weird. And I hadn't had I finished the game already. I I don't know. Okay. Link decided to look around town with the Hawkeye on. He looked at the Goron in front of the hospital slash inn. An inn. I hope it was a Best Western. <laughs> And what did the what did the Goron think? Oh, you want me to join yeah. you in reading this? Yeah, do it. Hmm, how should I prepare my foie gras? <laughs> that that's what the Goron was actually wondering. That's what he wrote. That's it's like some <laughs> That's dialogue I helped him write back then. <laughs> that was odd, remarked Link. I wonder what this chicken is thinking. <laughs> okay. Link decided to check another Goron's thoughts. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Ooh, shiny. The Goron starts choking due to the lack of breathing. See, he got distracted. (laughs) Yes, I see that. Um, There's action and consequence. It's a wonder his heart's still beating. (laughs) Link wondered what Tallow was thinking. So, Tallow is uh, Mallow's brother. Yeah, so you're just expected to know all the side characters in Twilight Princess. And Tallow is thinking, My mom is so harsh. Why doesn't Beth like me? I like cheese. That cool wooden sword didn't get broken. Then I could use it to slice my cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (coughs) Link had had enough. Well, congratulations, people. This is a regular carnival of shame. You also gave me that line. Yeah, I just ripped it out of an episode of Code Monkeys. Code Monkeys? Oh, yeah, I remember that. 
uh, Link finally finished sharpening his sword until he could cut a <laughs> hole in the space-time continuum. That's some lofty goals there, Link. But <laughs> Link was too distracted by a green rupee to go through the continuum and change the horrible thing that had happened on Tuesday night. Four days earlier. Okay, so Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday. This takes place on a Saturday. Okay. Anyway, four days earlier, Link was busy sharpening his sword when he suddenly had to go to the bathroom. I wonder who's going to cut the space-time continuum this time, too. Nobody. It's it's what he's trying to do. He knows it's possible. That's why he's sharpening his sword. Yeah. On his rush to the bath- hospital-slash-inn, he stepped on a bug. The memory had haunted him ever since. The bug was so defenseless, cried Link to Russell. He couldn't believe that he had squished a golden bug that he had already caught. Wait, how did you get here? exclaimed Russell. He was in his house, making another <laughs> sword for Link to sharpen so he could pierce Mayor Bow's many layers of endless fat that wouldn't seem to end. Yeah, this was back when we thought that making fat jokes didn't make you a jerk. Right? I also spelled Mayor with an E. Oh yeah, you did. It's like John Mayer or something. Yeah. That's probably why it autocorrected that way. Also, why is he... Why is he trying to kill the mayor? (laughs) Yeah, that's one thing. Another thing is, how did he get to Russell's house if he was going... Like, how did he get all the way back to Russell's village? That's a separate location in the game. Russell's also an accomplice, because he must know why Link wants this sword. Anyway, uh... (laughs) I don't know. Now you're making me do math? I don't know who you are anymore cried Link. Then, oh so suddenly, Link was telling his problems to Barnes of the Kakariko bomb shop. He went all the way from one village to the other just to complain about the guy. That's a lot of time to stew in your juices, you know? Yeah. Really lets you really nail down what you want to say. And Barnes tells him. Uh, well, I don't know, Link. Maybe you should blow up a town, you know? (laughs) Relieve some stress. (laughs) Um, I have several concerns. (laughs) I have several questions. Nah, declined Link. I'd rather go and make a grave for the little guy. Healthier coping mechanism. (laughs) Well, do you think you could at least a bomb by the grave so the bug could be like a Garo? Okay, so in uh, Majora's Mask, it was... uh, the Garos. The Garos, it's their way that they never leave a corpse because of some tradition and whatnot. And anytime you kill them, they pull out a bomb and say, to die without a trace, that is the way of the Garo. Yeah, so so little 11-year-old Anthony, he had, he had a bit of, like, cross-lore going on. I was into Link. Not to say I'm not anymore. I still am, but I was, too. I mean, yeah, that was kind of the, the series that we had the second most exposure to. Ha! And you think those exist? Ha ha ha! Next the Keaton will exist, laughed Link. Link decided to leave Barnes's shop, at least to get a few good laughs in here, and at least he got a few good laughs in there. But that was no help to the problem at hand. Then, as Link was humming the national anthem of Hyrule... It's very wow, patriotic. Patri- what a patriot. <laughs> He heard a loud blast of an explosion behind him. Link then slowly turned around. Behind him, he saw the blown-up ruins of Barnes Bomb Shop. Hint, hint. Go buy stuff there, now. Oh, I better go buy stuff at the store that doesn't exist anymore! What a legend. (laughs) And at that moment, Link remembered that it was really dark around Barnes Shop, and there was no sunlight in that general area. So Link figured that... The one lamp lighting the shop had jumped onto Barnes' shirt, and he had jumped around a couple times. And he used the stop, drop, and roll method, thus catching the floor on fire, and the fire must have spread to the bombs, and that's how the bomb shop blew into billions of pieces! I'm glad you got to write down Link's entire thought process for that. Well, I mean, he's actually like a fire marshal. He knows exactly what happened. Uh. How fires start and whatnot. But, uh, due to the events that happened that day... Link decided to blow up the remains of Barnes and the bug, like Agaro, as Barnes had suggested earlier that day. They changed his mind. This story is in memory of Frank, the bug, and that other guy whose name escapes me at the moment. 
May Frank's soul rest in peace. Okay, but this is this entire story was a flashback. Like he didn't even go back. He got distracted <laughs> by a rupee, a single rupee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rupee in the game where money is the easiest to find. Oh my gosh! It just throws it at you. I like to think, like, maybe the camera just panned over into the space-time continuum rift. So that we could see it. It's like a clip show of yeah. new clips. Link just goes back and forth between Kakariko Village and the other village all day, just crying about a bug. This was actually my best-received story. That is saying something. I liked it. I still like it. <laughs> it, 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 it. It feels a little less... It feels a little more put together than the Trauma Center one. You it's you really got, learned a lot in those four days. It's got more going on to it. It's a start. Actually, I noticed four days earlier. It was also four days earlier that you wrote the Trauma Center thing. Oh. You think Link was framed or Barnes was framed? Maybe it was actually Derek who blew up the bomb shop? Oh. <laughs> opening up the MCU here, are we? <laughs> so, uh... That was fun. That was, it was probably more fun for us than anyone listening to this. I mean, hey, they're fun stories regardless. We we spiced them up with some of our modern comedic tastes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was probably the hardest I've ever laughed on this entire podcast. If only Beth liked me. But you know what I do like? Cheese. <laughs> so, there. We're not, we're not above making fun of ourselves. Oh, no, no. Not ever. No, in this family, we just make fun of everything. We have a very antagonistic sense of humor. <laughs> so there you go. There's us reading our old fanfics to you. You're welcome, world. I know you've been wanting it. You should follow me on Instagram at Tony the Taco Dude. Underscores between each word. Uh, uh, is that is that going to allow me to play Raid or get a subscription to Best Western or anything? No, but you can follow my journey of No Shave November in addition to seeing my fat cat almost every day. Oh, so that sounds a lot like following the Bitcast on Twitter and seeing my random thoughts. The and... Bitcast on Twitter? I follow the Bitcast on Twitter. No, you don't. Yes, I do. And. Anyway. You... And you follow it on Twitter, you can see my random thoughts and episodes of a Let's Play that I guest star in. So basically, you use the Twitter as a Twitter, is I, what you're saying. Yes. It's, wow. It's almost like what it's for. Amazing. Yeah. I have less than 30 followers. Make it 31 now, brother. I oh, wait. Less than... Make it 30. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening. Maybe next week I should talk about an actual game. See you on the next one. Listen to Bidcast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.